Odds and Ends, a podcast that collects stories big and small from every corner of UT. I'm audio editor Sarah Schleed. Our last episode of the semester continues to explore the different ways coronavirus is impacting students' lives. Our first story is from Addie Costello. Addie is quarantined with her aunt, who teaches elementary school students with learning difficulties. Overhearing these lessons made her wonder, what is it like to be a student with accommodations during quarantine at UT? Being quarantined with an elementary school reading resource teacher provides a fun distraction from never-ending Zoom lectures. As I listen to kindergartners struggle to sit still during online living room tutoring sessions, I wonder how college students with similar learning disabilities are adjusting to online classes after 18 plus years of access to in-person resources to help them adapt to traditional learning structure. Emily Shryak, Assistant Director of Services for Students with Disabilities, explains the struggles her department faced after the announcement of an online semester. Well, normally spring break is a fairly quiet time uh, for our office. Um, It was busier than ever as we started making all these plans and and training staff and figuring out how we could continue to provide the services that students and instructors need once classes started online. Shryak adds, In those first couple weeks, students were coming to us with questions that we didn't have answers for yet. So, you know, we were were learning and figuring this out as, as we go. She says the department has continued all of their services virtually, except exam proctoring. A lot of the services and the way we operate are online already, Um, so in that way we were somewhat prepared um, because we already had access to the information we needed and it didn't really matter if we were working in the office or remotely. Besides the continuation of accommodations, Shryak says the department is examining new requests from students struggling with school in the time of COVID. The environment that some students have to work in may not be conducive to focusing on academics or having the technology that they need. Um, Certainly uh, mental health symptoms for a lot of folks are uh, increased right now and that's certainly true for students who were already using accommodations for a mental health condition Um, but then we've also had other students reach out you know, saying this is something new that I'm now experiencing. The Department of Services for Students with Disabilities is not alone in helping UT students with learning difficulties. Dr. Lisa Sigafus, Assistant Professor of Practice in the Department of Special Education, gives her advice for what professors can do to accommodate those who learn in a different way than the traditional student. You know, I come from an education background, and so I was kind of taught throughout my schooling how to teach whereas a lot of instructors aren't. And so they have to realize that college students are no less in need of the same types of supports that K through 12 needed, right? They're not all of a sudden magically in college and we just expect them to be like, oh, you just learn, you take care of your stuff, you know? And sometimes we're very like harsh on their needs and we need to take a step back and be like, these are still learners. She advises students saying, try to reach out to professors and let them know and ask for support. I would love to think that most professors are very willing and understanding. Um, 
to accommodate students in these situations. Undeclared freshman Alyssa Rendazzo receives accommodations for her ADHD and explains that not all of her professors have been very accommodating. For the most part, most of my professors have been good with giving me the extra time on my test, but one of my professors actually didn't give me the extra time and I didn't get to finish the test. And I even emailed him about it and said, um, if I'm going to get the extra time on top of the hour and 25 minutes, because I have to get time and a half on top of what everyone else gets for the test. Um, but unfortunately, he didn't give me the extra time. Rendaza faces additional problems with the scheduling of online learning. I don't know why, but my calculus professor decided to move all quizzes and tests during the weekend, which really sucks because then I have to use even more of my medication, which is really hard to get. So that's also really annoying. When facing challenges in online learning, whether that means inflexible professors, learning disabilities, or tough learning environments, Dr. Lisa Sigafus explains the importance of self-care. Give yourself a break, right? It's, it's okay that this is a struggle, that this is hard. Um, we recognize that, and we know that that is true. I actually have a learning disability myself, and I used services for students with disabilities all the way through my um, from my undergrad all the way through my PhD, actually. And online learning is not a good form of learning for me. For students who are really struggling with online learning, to know it's okay. You know, you don't need to feel like you're inadequate or doing something wrong because now this is hard. For The Daily Texan, I'm Addie Costello. story from McKenna Lucas takes a look at a more recreational aspect of quarantine. McKenna wanted to know how UT students have transitioned to a digital dating scene. Since COVID-19 has swept through the nation, personal relationships have been strengthened and put under strain as couples learn to adjust to social distancing, sometimes together and sometimes apart. I interviewed three UT students to get an idea of how students are navigating this new world of dating. You would think that a deadly pandemic forcing millions of people indoors would be a huge financial blow to the business of online dating, but various sites like Tinder, Grindr, and Bumble have been keeping busy adjusting and adapting to social distancing measures. Senior journalism major Jackie Bridell the U.S. College Regional Lead for Bumble, an online dating and networking app, explains how the app has changed since quarantine. Well, I think online dating has been widely normalized for some time now, but this shift in our lives has really put spotlight on the tools and the platforms that we can use to feel connected um, to others digitally. Um, We know that people are making deeper connections virtually at this time, and um, I think as social distancing continues or whatever the trends might be in the coming weeks or months, um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Bumble recently launched uh, a virtual dating feature to help users connect during the quarantine. In addition to the existing video call and video chat features uh, within the apps, Uh, 
Um, this is also a great way for college students who are taking classes remotely right now um, to stay connected to real people without having to meet them out in the physical world, just because obviously during the quarantine, that's not a possibility. Bumble has seen an increase in Gen Z users downloading the app. Between March 13th and 27th, there was a 93% increase in the use of the video call feature on Bumble. And according to Jackie, those numbers aren't slowing down. Voice call use increased another 69% during the week of May 1st. Tinder CEO Eli Seidman also reported an increase in messaging on his app as well. However, just because Bumble and Tinder are thriving doesn't mean digital dating doesn't have some major pitfalls. Linguistics major and junior Eliza Fisher explains that she may be connected, but that doesn't make communication any easier. She describes her conversations with the guys she matched with on Tinder a couple weeks before quarantine as more surface level. There are a lot of topics I don't particularly want to broach, you know, over text for the first time. Things that just... I don't know, like, I don't want to text him and be like, hey, so, like, what are your political views? Just because that seems weird. And it's something that I, I do, I, I do need to know. That's important to me. Um, but we haven't even discussed that yet. However, FaceTiming has helped the situation a bit. When I was FaceTiming him, this guy, it was... That was like the second time we'd ever seen each other. And it was the first time we'd seen each other in so long, but we'd been texting so much that we just spent the first like five minutes being like, oh my God, it's so good to look at your face, to, to hear your voice, you know, just even though we weren't together in person, those little things were so much more meaningful because it simulated physical interaction. Liza describes social distance dating perfectly. It's kind of like being long distance, even though we're like 10 miles apart. What can couples who have never experienced being apart from their significant other for long periods of time do to help keep their relationship alive? Senior chemistry major Miranda Iosino can give us some tips about that. I think the most essential thing is communication figuring out how and when you're going to be able to talk with each other when your schedules are busy and you're not going to be able to talk. Like there's times when I have a test or he has a project and yes, or he has to go get groceries or whatever that offsets our schedules. And it's really important to communicate that. So, you know, what's going on in each other's lives and how to shift to the, the dynamic in order to stay connected. After only three months of being together, Miranda and her boyfriend committed to a long-distance relationship. After 11 months, they're still going strong. He'll call me on his ride home from work on the days he's working. He's an essential worker, so that's still going on right now. And then he'll call me at night and We'll uh, talk, we'll sometimes watch a show on Netflix together, and on his weekend mornings, we'll stay and uh, call each other first thing when we wake up, and uh, sometimes have a movie in bed uh, date. 
Thanks to her boyfriend, Miranda is completely caught up on all of the Marvel movies. She says another thing that helps her get through the time apart is thoughts of the future. And just talking about what we're going to do when we finally do get to spend time with each other and talking about the future when we're not doing long distance also has been really fond memories for me. Just, I don't know, I like talking about that kind of stuff. So it is really heartwarming and reassuring to know that he thinks about that too. Miranda's parting words can remind students that even in a world that's been forever changed, there are some things that won't change. For The Daily Texan, I'm McKenna Lucas. That's all for this episode of Odds and Ends. This episode was made with the help of audio producers Aurora Berry, Harper Carlton, and Divya Jagadish. If you want to hear more from The Daily Texan, Subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Make sure to also follow us on Twitter at Texan Audio so you can stay up to date there too. I'm audio editor Sarah Schleed. Thanks for listening and stay safe.